The Heinemann Podcast presents a new six-week series. Of all the tools available to the classroom teacher to mitigate anxiety and relieve depression in students, writing is a powerful one. Over 200 research studies since the late 80s have reported that expressive writing especially can improve people's physical and emotional health. So how does writing do this? And what can I do as a classroom teacher to position my students to take this verbal medicine, as author Barry Lane calls it? Join me, Liz Prather, on the Heinemann Podcast each week starting April 4th as we learn about the healing power of writing. The Heinemann Podcast is a production of Heinemann Publishing. Heinemann is a provider of resources written by real teachers for real classrooms. Heinemann values teachers as decision makers and students as curious learners. Discover the path to lifelong professional learning at Heinemann.com. Heinemann is dedicated to teachers. I'm Brad from Heinemann. How do we address the gaps between formal assessments and really knowing our students as readers? In her newest book, Understanding Texts and Readers, New York Times bestselling author Jennifer Saravallo narrows the distance between assessment and instruction. On today's podcast, Jen shares a story from Understanding Texts and Readers where she worked with a reader who was baffling her teachers and struggling with comprehension. Here now with a special read aloud is Jen Saravallo. I met Vanessa in her fourth grade classroom. Press on nails, rainbow striped hoodie, glasses, a glowing smile. The first time I talked with her about a book, she was halfway through Rules by Cynthia Lord. I wasn't her teacher. I was a visiting staff developer, fortunate to work with the dedicated teachers in her South Bronx school. The focus of our professional learning was to improve our understanding of the readers in the class and from there, offer them targeted specific goals and strategies to support their comprehension growth. Vanessa came up during our pre-lab site meeting as a student who puzzled her teacher, a student she wanted me to work with in the classroom as an audience of teachers observed. Vanessa's background was challenging. This wasn't her first time in fourth grade. In fact, she'd been retained for two years in a row for not being able to pass the state test, the New York State ELA exam. And that's heartbreaking enough, but what concerned her teacher even more was that she wasn't quite sure what she should be doing to help Vanessa grow as a reader. Her teacher had administered their school-sanctioned running records, and according to that assessment, Vanessa could read texts at level R with fluency, accuracy, and comprehension. For the running record, Vanessa read a 200-word excerpt from a novel and did well. 100% accuracy, strong fluency, correct responses to the comprehension questions. Level R texts, incidentally, are typically what fourth graders read between November and March, so according to that measure, she was, quote, on grade level. The running record, intended to be a formative assessment, offered her teacher little direction because Vanessa did so well. Yet her teacher reasoned she must need some support because she was not passing her state tests, tests that were written on a fourth grade level, tests that asked her to demonstrate comprehension. What was going on, we all wondered. Around the same time I met Vanessa, I was involved in a professional learning group at the Teachers College Reading and Writing Project. We were studying how to track student comprehension across whole continuous chapter books. With these collegial conversations fresh in my mind, I wondered if the short passage assessment Vanessa's teacher had used wasn't giving us all the information we needed to match Vanessa to texts and to appropriate goals. To test my theory, I created whole book assessments for Vanessa and her peers. I decided these whole book assessments would be most helpful beginning with books at level J, because that was the level at which students were being asked to read excerpts rather than whole books during their running record assessments. 
With the books getting longer beginning at level J, I was curious how the length impacted student comprehension. I read a few books at the level, selected two that I thought represented the sorts of challenges readers are likely to encounter at that level, and then repeated the process at levels K, L, M, N, all the way up to W. I stopped at W well into sixth grade benchmark because I feel that children who are reading at level W with depth can often work with more challenging levels flexibly. I wove about a dozen open-ended prompts into two books at each level and planned to offer the student a choice of texts. The prompts were designed to help me understand how the reader made sense of plot, setting, characters, vocabulary, figurative language, themes, and ideas. I asked Vanessa to select between the two book choices at level R because that was the level she'd been reading. She did. I told her that as she read the book independently, she would come upon 10 or so sticky notes with prompts, and that when she did, she should stop and jot a response. It took her a couple of days to finish the book and turn in her responses. I promptly read them with the teacher team at the school. Unfortunately, we discovered none of Vanessa's responses were correct. How was it, we started to wonder, that a student could appear to comprehend a certain level of text when presented with a 200-word excerpt, and yet, when she tried to read an entire book at the same level, she struggled with comprehension. We repeated this procedure, gave her a choice of two texts, asked her to read the book independently and respond to the prompts with text at level Q, then P, then O, then N. Vanessa read the whole book independently answered questions, and responded to prompts. We looked at her responses and found she was barely getting the gist. It wasn't until we saw her responses to a text at level M, Stuart Goes to School by Sarah Pennypacker, that we found what we thought was a level of text that she could read with comprehension during independent reading. For this book, she answered two-thirds of the questions in a way that demonstrated comprehension. A few questions were still tricky for her, questions that asked her to retell important events, put things in sequence, and connect causes and effects. All of the questions that challenged her were related to plot and setting, and so that became her goal. Going forward, she'd practice strategies for helping her with retelling, sequencing, and synthesizing as she read many books at or around level M. More on this later, but for now, it's important to note that we did not limit Vanessa's choice to just one level. Just to recap, Vanessa was a fourth grade student reading at a second grade level whose age would have put her in a sixth grade class. We started to wonder about the discrepancy between the level on which Vanessa demonstrated comprehension on a running record and the level she showed understanding in a whole text. Was this wide gap, the difference between M and R, a fluke? Or were many kids attempting to read books that they weren't actually comprehending? I asked all of the children in the class to select one of the books with prompts on sticky notes to read asking them to select between those books that were at or around the level at which they demonstrated independence on the running record. After looking at their responses and repeating the assessment at lower levels as necessary, I found that on average, students could read the short running records with accuracy, fluency, and comprehension at about two reading levels more complex than what they showed they could comprehend with this assessment. Why this discrepancy between comprehension on short texts or excerpts and long texts? One possible explanation is that when students read chapter books, they need to track the plot over dozens of pages, possibly over days, infer about characters, and notice how they change over many pages, interpret a theme from a whole book. This thinking that readers do across many pages and days can be assessed only when students are reading whole books, and the current short text assessments used widely in today's classrooms offer a limited view of what readers are able to do. 
I was curious to see if what we found with Vanessa and her classmates would be true in other schools, so I sent chapter books with embedded questions and prompts to dozens of schools across the country. Hundreds and hundreds of student responses were mailed back to me, and I pored over them one summer with a volunteer group of educators from the tri-state area. Our findings were consistent with what we'd seen in most of that South Bronx fourth grade class. When looking at whole book comprehension, students typically demonstrated strong comprehension in books about two levels lower than a short passage running record indicated. There were some exceptions, about a quarter of students, where the short text and whole text assessments matched. And there were some exceptions where, like Vanessa, the text levels between long and short text reading were multiple levels apart. Am I saying that running records are invalid? No, not at all. Vanessa could read that 200-word excerpt of a level R text with comprehension, accuracy, and fluency. The assessment didn't lie, and her teacher didn't administer it incorrectly. But when she read a whole text, the longer text pushed her beyond her current skill level when it came to memory, sequencing, and synthesizing, and suddenly interfered with her ability to completely comprehend. The running record was evaluating a different reading task than the one required by a whole book. After learning so much about Vanessa, her teacher and I decided that we'd help her select books that were shorter and less complex than what she'd been reading. We offered her strategies over time in conferences and small groups that helped support her with the goal of plot and setting. Strategies focused on supporting her ability to remember, sequence, retell, and synthesize important events. After she'd read several books at and around level M, we supported her practice in texts at and around level N, then O, then P, and so on throughout the year, always checking back in on her comprehension and how she was making sense of plot, setting, character, vocabulary, and themes. With practice, she got comfortable with retelling and summarizing. As she moved into more challenging texts, she started working on strategies for new goals that matched what she needed at the time. The story has a happy ending. Vanessa passed her fourth grade test that year with flying colors. More importantly though, she became a reader. She was engaged, excited about books, and chose to read outside of reading time in school. She pulled me aside later in the year and said, Miss Jen, I get it now. When you say make a movie in your mind, you mean that you can actually see it in your mind like a movie. I see it now. Vanessa's story can teach us a number of important lessons about reading instruction, each of which will be explored in this book. One, comprehension is not fixed. It's fluid, based on a number of factors. Two, the level of text that a student can read depends on multiple variables. Three, text leveling isn't a perfect science. Four, matching books and readers is not as simple as it might seem. Five, one single assessment often doesn't give us the entire picture. And six, responsive instruction is crucial to the development of readers. Our thanks to Jen Saravallo for her time today. In understanding text and readers, Jen simplifies text complexity and clarifies comprehension instruction. She begins by untangling the many threads of comprehension, levels, engagement, stamina, the relevance of text, and more. Understanding text and readers is available for pre-order now on Heinemann.com. You can also download the sample chapter, which includes today's story. Be sure to join the Reading and Writing Strategies book community on Facebook. You can also follow Jen on Twitter at JSaraVallo. We'd love for you to subscribe to the Heinemann Podcast on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and pretty much anywhere you can stream a podcast. That's all for this week. Thanks for listening. <laughs>